Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Anthony Hamilton, a former professor of communication at Capilano University in North Vancouver, Canada, author of Mind, Time, and Power, a book which describes the results of his 30 years of research into how our thoughts and feelings can shape our lives. His research began with an out-of-body experience that he had at the age of 10. In this dream, he saw himself at the age of 32, and since that dream, he has known what the main thrust of his life would be. Anthony, welcome back. Looking forward to chatting with you again. Thank you so much, George. Nice to nice to hear your voice again. You had your OBE at the age of 10. I had one at 11, and it has changed and shaped our lives, hasn't it? Absolutely. You know, and the more you think about it, the more it seems like everybody has these things. Uh, if not an out-of-body experience, some sort of epiphany, you know, where they get a glimpse of their future. And um, I think it's a lot more common than people generally think. Absolutely. I think so, too. When you wrote The Mind, Time, and Power, tell me the things that went into this, because you described a new model of consciousness, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, when I had this this dream or this vision or this epiphany or near-death experience, you know, we have different ways of describing it. Um, it impacted me so strongly and so sharply that I had to figure out what it meant. And, um, as you, as you said in your introduction there, you know, my experience was I, I, I found myself floating above my body, looking down at myself. And I had the sense that I was 32 years old, or at least looking at myself at 32 and certain things, uh, I just sort of quote unquote knew right? Like I knew I was going to be writing, I knew I was going to be teaching, I was going to be helping people live happier and more successful lives, and I was going to be a university professor, and I was going to be married to an Asian woman. You saw all this at that age of 10 in this dream OBE. That's right, just in a flash, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't exactly uh, a visual thing. I mean, I do remember visually seeing my body sort of down there, you know, doing something, working or whatever. Um, But in terms of the other pieces, you know, uh, it was just kind of a knowing, kind of a sensing. And But my overriding feeling about this was that it was valid. It was true. You know, it wasn't just some fantasy. I had the feeling that it was, some sort of communication from my future. And so I set out uh, shortly after this, you know, maybe at the age of 12 or 13 or something, I started to do a lot of reading and research as a, you know, as a young teenager uh, about the mind and psychology and ESP and uh, magic, you know, and trying to figure out how is it possible to get information from the future. Hmm. And what I finally figured out 20 years later, when I finally put this theory sort of together, uh, I realized that everybody has information from the future, but they just don't notice it. Or act on it. Well, or act on it. You know, we call it things like hunches and feelings and intuitions and, um, you know, that sort of a thing, but um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thought, it's a feeling, 
it's something that that normally people seem to just dismiss it. But um, I read a story about Michael um, Michael Jordan one time that says that he knew when he was 10 years old that he was going to be a professional basketball player, and he worked like mad to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And as you probably know, you know, he didn't make the high school basketball team, and, and in college he was kicked off the team. He wasn't that great. But eventually, you know, he um, he managed to excel because he believed in that vision that he had so strongly, you know. And he became one of the best. Absolutely. Some say the best. <laughs> That's know? right. And of course, you know, um, I use I use sports a lot as a metaphor to explain some of the, you know, some of the things that I talk about in my book. And of course, we know of people like Tiger Woods, you know, and, and uh, you know, Rory McIlroy that are golfers. And, um, you know, these are people that that were told as young kids that they were going to be great, you know, and they wanted to be golfers. They wanted to, to be professional. They were excited by it. And of course, you know, years later and hard work later, here they are, you know? So when we look at people like that, we tend to say, yeah, but they're special, you know, they're gifted, right? They have some special talent. But what about somebody who uh, decides to, you know, return to school when they're 30 years old and and finish their high school diploma? You mm-hmm. know? That's right. They have a, Which they is have honorable. A they, yeah, exactly. You know, they have an image in their mind that they want to have a high school diploma. They can see it. They can feel it. You know, they're they're motivated to do it. So they do it, right? And so this is what I'm talking about when I say that we get information from the future all the time. It's just the same as... We get memories of the past all the time, you know. I can remember what I did last year to some degree, and I can anticipate what I'm going to do next year. So basically, this this um, ability, this skill that I decided everybody has, is basically just thinking. It's just a way of thinking. A is way is of this what you mind. call the mind-time connection? That's right. Yeah, so we... Um, Everybody has a connection to the past. You know, we call that memory, right? Right, right? Everybody accepts that. Well, what I decided when I was putting together this um, this theory of mine, you know, was that we have something very similar that exists in the future. So that we have what 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 is now called future memory. And as a matter of fact, this um, this theory and and my book Mind, Time, and Power, which I started to write in 1980. One of the things I said in there is that whatever memory is, it works in the future as well as the past. Well, this was proven scientifically to be true by some scientists at Harvard University in the mid-90s using something called a functional MRI, and it blew their minds. You know, they were doing research into memory, and they were giving people memory quizzes and memory tests while they were in the MRI, you know, so they got to be very good at looking and recognizing what the pattern in the brain that we call memory looks like, you know. Well, what so you have said is wild, is, is that people can have the ability to change their past. That's right. How do they do this? It happens all the time, you know. But, um, see, what we, what we um, believe about the world, you know, the physical world, and this comes down to us, I think, from probably from Isaac Newton. 
is that the world is physical. Well, when we experience the world, we don't experience a, an event as purely a physical event. We experience it as a physical and a mental event. Like, you know, two people can, let's say, lose a job, right? One person can be depressed, angry, frustrated from it, you know, thinking that he was ripped off. Right. Whereas the second person could say, well, I'm just as happy now. I can go on and find something better. And find a better job, yeah. Find a better job. So Shakespeare said nothing is positive or negative, or he said nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so, right? So every event of our life is partly physical, partly non-physical. So we have two sets of senses. We have physical senses, which we can see the physical world. I get information. I'm sitting in a room right now at home talking to you, and I can look around the room, and that's the extent of my physical senses, right? But in my imagination, I can imagine last week, I can imagine next week, you know. So we each have two sets of senses, outer senses and inner senses. And every event that happens to us affects us physically as well as non-physically, right? So every event has a non-physical component to it. Now, if something happens to you or me, uh, which we might call negative, we can remember that, and it might affect us for years. But if we can get in touch with the, with the, uh, the non-physical aspect of that event, in other words, the meaning, what does it mean to us? You know, is it a positive thing? Is it a negative thing? And why is that? And look at that meaning. Why did we decide that that was a negative thing? And if we can switch that around, which we can just by asking ourselves some questions, you know, uh, we can switch it around, realize that maybe there were some positive aspects to it. And once we take the sting out of it, suddenly it becomes more neutral or maybe even a positive event. We can say, gee, you know, I actually learned a lot from that event. So suddenly that event, which used to be negative, now it's positive. So that's what I mean by changing the past. You've, uh, you use a lot of ideas from Albert Einstein. Tell me why. Well, Einstein, of course, who doesn't love Albert Einstein? Well, that's true. I read a lot about him because I was, as I said, you know, starting in my early teens, I was trying to put together a model of the mind that made it acceptable to get information from the future. And so one of the things I was reading was physics. And because physics talks about time, and Einstein had a lot of things to say about time. He said time is an illusion, for one thing. But he also said that there is no space, there is no time, there's something which he called space-time, four-dimensional matrix, right? So he said the laws of space and the laws of time are the same. They're mirror images of each other. Did he know this mathematically? Yes, I assume so. Yeah, part of his, you know, part of his mathematical work. Maybe he was a time traveler. Yeah, that's right. But the idea, you know, the idea that um, the laws of time and the laws of space are the same, that really struck me. And I thought, you know, what's true about space? And I thought, well, what's true is that information passes through it, right? I mean, whether it's light or whether it's sound in the, in, in the form of a voice or something, or if it's electronic, like this, you know, radio show that we're on right now, information passes through space. 
and we can get messages from Mars or from the Moon, as your you know previous caller was talking about, or your previous guest. Mm-hmm. So information passes through space. So I thought, well, if information passes through space, maybe information passes through time too, and that's what memory is. So memory is not what I had thought, which was a recording of the past. It was a connection to the past, and in in researching success, what I realized was the fundamental principle of somebody wants to be successful. They have to decide what they want. They have to have a goal, whether it's to be a professional basketball player, a professional golfer, to get a high school diploma, or whatever it might be. So when you have the goal, that triggers your future memory. It triggers this part of your mind, which I call your inner awareness, to connect to the future and start to feed you information. You know, this is how you can do it. You want to get a high school diploma? Do this. Phone this person. Check this out, you know. So that's the mind-time connection, that what we think of as memories of the past is duplicated in the future. Now, you you use a word called power in your title, mind, time, and power. Tell me about that part. Well, power is the power that we have to think a different thought. So, for example, you know, if I'm doing a workshop, I've done a lot of workshops and seminars and things over the years, you know, and I might say to people, you know, who likes dogs? Anybody here like dogs? So, you know, of course, a lot of hands go up, you know, and um, somebody else might say, no, I don't like dogs, right? So I'll say to the person, okay, you don't like dogs. Well, what if I say the word German shepherd to you? What happens? Ooh, I feel afraid, you know. Mm-hmm. So I say, you know, why are you afraid? What 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 picture do you have in your mind of a German Shepherd? Oh, I see this big dog, you know, with his mouth open and big teeth snarling at me, right? So I said, okay, what if I say uh, baby German Shepherd, six weeks old? Cute. Oh, that's different. He's cute. I'm not afraid of him, you know. So that's the power that we have is to change the pictures in our mind once we know what they are. You know, I mean, she thought that German shepherds were bad. She thought that dogs were scary. But once she realized that, oh, puppy dogs are nice, <laughs> you know, they're friendly, they're cute, right? Suddenly it wasn't dogs are scary. It's, oh, some dogs at some time may be scary, you know. So the power to recognize what you're thinking and to change the thought, change the picture, will change your feelings, change your emotions, change the past change what's possible in the future. Now, you write of something called future memory. Tell me about that. Well, future memory is being able to connect with your future goals, your future future ambitions and wishes. No matter what age you are at. doesn't matter what age. Okay. You know, it doesn't matter what age. Um, so, for example, if somebody is planning a dinner party, right? You know, they have a dinner party that they're going to host in a couple of weeks. So they start thinking about it, you know, what's the best night to do it? Who am I going to ask? You know, what am I going to have for food and drink? Mm-hmm. Um, so already they're starting to interact with that future possibility, that future goal, right? And the goal is starting to feed them information. You know, oh, what if uh, what if Susan brings her new boyfriend? You know, you haven't made allowances for that. You're not going to have enough chairs. You better borrow another chair from somebody, right? So the goal, using your imagination, 
the goal starts to feed you information. So this is the this is future memory. This is using your your inner senses and your imagination and your connection to the future in the future the same as memory is a connection to the past. Is it psychic ability? Well, the funny thing is, that's what I finally realized, or at least I realized in the process of putting this together, that what we call psychic is using our inner senses. Is it intuition? Intuition is another word for it, yeah. So the thing is that all of these, and this is the reason I wrote the book, and this was the reason that I spent so long putting this theory of mine together, you know, is that words like intuition and a hunch or gut feeling, ESP, they don't really mean that much, you know, to a lot of people, right? It's difficult to, to, um, it's difficult to visualize what that is, right? You know, like what, what does intuition look like or what does it feel like? But the example I use in my book is of a phone call because I can make a phone call, um, to the east or I can make it to the west, right? The phone works just the same. So in this model, the the phone line, of course, now we don't have phone lines anymore, but... Um, not many, but not many. <laughs> there's a few, I mean, I have a landline that I'm using right now, uh, but it's actually wireless. But, um, but the connection, that's the imagination. So the imagination is a pipeline. The imagination is the connection, right, that brings the information from the past into the present or brings the information from the future into the present, right? So um, that's the that's the mind-time connection. The imagination, which most people think of as a screen, right? Like we think of a mental screen. Oh, I have this picture in my imagination. Well, that's like a picture on the TV screen. The picture of the that's on the TV screen isn't coming from the TV. It's coming from a studio maybe on, on the other side of the world through a whole series of cables and networks and internet and whatever else. It shows up on the screen as a picture. So our mind works the same way. The imagination, if it's a visual imagination, then it seems like a picture in our mind, but it's actually coming in through the imagination, which is a connection to some other time and some other place. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.